0: So I've preached in Hawkins before, but this is kind of the first time preaching here when it wasn't a new Sunday, so we'll see how it goes, right? <laughs> so looking, first looking at our Bible passage, this is the second last Sunday of the church year. Um, soon we'll have Advent season, that begins the church year, that begins um, kind of the preparation of the birth of Christ. But for now, this is kind of the end of the church year. And our Bible passages kind of reflect that in today's message. Uh, Kind of looking at the end of times. What's to come. And so in our Daniel passage, we see you in verse 2, Multitudes who sleep in dust and earth will awake, some to everlasting life. Others to to shame and everlasting contempt. Uh, Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens. There is something to come. The resurrection the, the second coming of our Savior. In um, our gospel today, looking at Mark, um, not a lot of gospel in the gospel today, uh, but again we see Jesus and the disciples speaking with one another. And the disciples say, oh, look at this marvelous building, this temple. The temple, the, the political, religious, the mainstay uh, meant a lot. And Jesus is prepping his disciples saying that, Not a single brick will stand that this will all fall. That there are hard times to come. Difficulties to come for you. And even in verse 13, he gives this warning. Everyone will hate you because of me. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. Right? Come on. Scary, but yet you have that in that if you, you stay firm to the end, you will be saved. Which then leads us to the teaching passage today, where we're going to live for today's message. Um, and here in Hebrews, Paul is writing a letter um, to Hebrews-Jewish converts Christians. Um, and Paul, we see throughout the book of Hebrews, all he's reminding them of all the promises of God, all those promises have come true in Jesus. But he's saying, but there are also difficult times ahead of us. And he's asking them to endure to the end, even in the midst of hardship and persecution. And in fact, those last three verses is going to be our three points for our message today. And those three verses talk all about what does this enduring Look like. And so, point one, verse 23. If you want to to open your Bible or have your phone or device open to that, that's where we're going to live, those three verses. So, verse 23 reads, reads this. Of this. Let us hold us worthily to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. <clears throat> That's the NIV version. The ESV version has it like this. It says, hold fast to the confession of our hope. So what comes to mind when you think hold fast? Because I love that, those two words, hold fast. And it defines it as remain tightly secure. And secure to what? What does Paul want to secure to? It's, It's hope. It's all those promises that he's been getting at all throughout the book of Hebrews. The promise um, to rest with God. Eternal salvation. Eternal inheritance. Eternal redemption. Remission of sins. Life with God. Healing. Holiness. That that is our hope. And Jesus is the answer. Right? That Jesus has fulfilled all those things so that he's the bridge that we can access those things. And so because we hold fast, we know the end of the story. Our lives as Christians look different because of this hope, because of Jesus. And so it makes me think of, and my youth have heard me go here before, but go ahead and hit the next slide, the Longhorn Network. It's going to make sense, trust me, we're going to get there. So I'm a huge UT fan. Um, always have been, kind of grew up near Austin. I know we've had a decade of terribleness. Um, and like yesterday, for instance. It was <laughs> pretty um, But as a Longhorn fan, I'm a passionate, um, emotional man. Just always have been. And I've loved Texas basketball. That's my favorite sport of UT. Um, and hopefully they have a successful year. But as I'm watching a game, um, I don't sit. You know, I stand like this. I'm up and I'm down. I'm screaming at the TV. Uh, My emotions are all over the place watching a game. Um, When they get down by 12 points, it hits me hard. I get depressed. They hit a game-winning shot. I'm screaming. I've woken up multiple babies uh, in my lifetime, late at night, watching UT games, right? but then the Longhorn Network came <laughs> And the Longhorn Network is a little bit different. They just show UT Sports. And a lot of what they show are reruns. Right? Reruns of past games. And what's nice about the Longhorn Network is do you think they show losses on the line? <laughs> no. They only show wins. And because of that, I know how the game's going to end. So, if I'm watching a YouTube basketball game, it's from 2007 with Kevin Durant, and they get down by 12 points, I know it's going to be okay, because I know they're going to win. This is the Longhorn Network. And the same thing can be said for us as Christians that because we know the end, right? Because we hold on to that hope of salvation, we know how this is all going to end. It changes the way we live our lives. It changes the way we live every single day of having the end in mind. It changes our relationships. When there's persecution, when there's sickness, when there's bad things that happen, our life as Christians look different because we know the end. An example of this would be my grandfather Adolf. So that's Adolf. I have to do a little explaining here. Um, Adolf is a good German Christian name. Hitler kind of written it, okay? So Adolf was born before that. Um, when we had our son, I was like, Alicia, Adolf's a family name. But she didn't go for it. Uh, smart one. Um, Adolf, amazing, deep faith Christian man who knew what it was to hold fast to the hope that he had in Christ Jesus. Um, He had a very difficult life in general, but especially the last three weeks of his life. He had lost 40 pounds. My dad said, we need to take you to the doctor and see what's going on. Something's not right. So he goes to the doctor. He gets the diagnosis of pancreatic cancer and that he doesn't have years to live or, or even months to live. He has weeks to live. Um, that it has spread everywhere. And at first, Adolf is, you know, he's kind of taking it all in. And, and he's like, well, can't, can't we just do some surgeries? Can't we just get rid of it and take some things out? The doctor's like, no, we can't take everything out of you. Like, surgery is not possible. And after he kind of got to grips with what he was facing, there's this amazing change in his behavior the last three weeks of his life. Where he rested, he held fast in this hope. We with the family members, you know, those last three weeks, knowing our time was near with him here on this earth. There was family over at his house every single evening. It wasn't us preaching the good news to to him. It was him, secure in what he's believed his entire life. Secured in his faith in Jesus Christ and that promise. That he was preaching to us. you know, Talking about, yes, the past times. But more so talking about the future. You know, the doctor tells him he has three weeks to live. He's talking about the future. The future with his God. How exciting that was for him. The impact that that had on our lives. The last two or three days of his life was spent in bed at the very end. On pain medication. And the whole family, there's, he has a big family. There's like 40, 50 of us. And we would gather every single lunch and dinner. You know, Basically, we were all at his house. We all lived close by. Um, and we would take groups of three or four of us, very musical family. So we, three or four of us would go out of time into his room, and we'd sing different hymns. Um, we would pray. And this just went on for two or three days until he finally passed. And so we were there celebrating. We were there a very memorable time for our family, um, worshiping God. Our lives look different because of that hope. If we did not have that hope, those last three weeks, those last three days, would look completely different. But it didn't because, yes, we were sad. Yes, there was a little bit of anguish, a little bit of why God. But yet, that held us through was... That knowledge, the the promises that God has for us, that God had for Adolf. Alright, so that's point one. Sorry, we're going a little slow. So, just to finish that point, our lives look different each and every day because of that hope. Point two, we spur one another on toward love and good works. So, we have a responsibility to deeply love encourage our brothers and sisters in Christ. And that helps us to hold fast to that hope. So what does this look like? Um, this past week was ministry team meetings. Um, Laura Keeley usually opens up our, our meetings. And there's usually 30, 40 people there. Um, and usually she has a quick little devotion or Bible study. This week she made us get up and do an activity. And you could hear the room just kind of moan like, oh, uh, it's been a long day, we don't want to get up and do something before our meetings. Just let us get to our meetings. We have things to talk about. That's at least what was going through my mind. And so we got up and we, we formed two circles, uh, an inside circle and outside circle, and we were standing across from one another, and we were supposed to um, say an encouragement, something that uh, we've seen God doing in their life that, that's been encouraging to us, right? And some of these people we knew, I've known for years, some of these people I've known for not very long hadn't had me. And so, immediately I was like, oh, this is going to be awkward. I think everybody kind of had that feeling, like, oh, why do we have to do this? This is going to be so weird. And so, we started, it takes about, you know, a minute of them sharing, a minute of me sharing, and then we rotate, and we went through five people or so. And it was amazing. It was an emotional response that I had from that, that silly little 10-minute activity that wasn't so silly. Because it gave me the opportunity to say some things that I had just in my heart. And I had felt to tell these people, um, sometimes for years, of, of ways, of things. I've just seen God at work and how they've encouraged me. It was a beautiful time. It was a beautiful thing. And yet, why did it take me so long? Why did I have to be forced to? to do that, hence the word spur one another on. Now we we live in Texas, maybe not all of us have the the whole cowboy knowledge, but what does a spur do when a horse doesn't want to go someplace? That spur encourages them to move forward, and and as brothers and sisters in Christ we encourage one another, We, we at times spur one another on. To love one another. And that first looks like us loving our brother and sister in Christ. And seeing then the good works that come from that. Right? You know, I I had that time of encouragement of those four or five people. You know what it made me want to do? Encourage more people. You know, who else have I not been saying these things to that need to hear them? Um, In a Concordia uh, accordance I was looking at. It said this about verse 24. We look at one another with eyes of love, as in a good family, to discover what is needed by them and how their needs can best be met. This act of love then encourages them to share that same love. So love one another. And then, point number three, verse 25. We do not neglect to meet together as the day draws near. So meeting together, loving one another, helps us hold fast to that hope. Because faith is not only an individual thing. Yes, your individual faith is what, that that belief that Jesus died for your sins. There's an individual response. I can't get my friend into heaven, right? Um, But it's also communal. It's also something that we do together. And we are blessed to be here in the Lutheran Church in LCMS where our worship services look like communal faith, where we take the Lord's sacrament together, where we confess together, where we say the creeds together, we do the liturgy together, that to hold fast in our hope, we do it together. We see in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, you may remember that, are all the verses. That chapter is talking about being a part of the body. And it goes in about how, you know, there's the ear and there's the foot, right? And there's different parts of the body. And just like we are different parts of the body, we all have different gifts and passions um, that God has called us to use and to be the body of Christ, that we are stronger when we're all serving together. It's important. It's it's very easy to not be here on a Sunday, right? But how important it is for us, for our, our hope, to hold fast in that hope is for us to be about be around one another and be the body of Christ for one another. And so, review real quick, that point one hold fast to the confession of our hope that our <coughs> lives are to look different. As Christians who have that hope, our lives are to look different. And sometimes it doesn't. Right? Sometimes um, we look just like everybody else. Sometimes we ignore the pushing of the Holy Spirit. Uh, We don't want to, to, to get fog. We don't want to take time out of our day. Sometimes our lives don't look different. But we have a a heavenly Father who who had the end in mind, who knew what we needed and sent Jesus Christ to save us. Point number two, we spur one another on towards love and good works. You know, I felt guilt all week about Laura forcing me to do something I should be doing all along. That, man, there's going to be times where we don't take the leading of the Holy Spirit. and We don't say the words we need to, or we don't treat our brother and sister in love in Christ and the value that God has given to them. Right? But we have a God. Thank goodness. We have a God who who spurred us, who showed us um, what it means, who did not give up on us. Right? Who's not going to leave us where we're at each and every day, but renews us with his forgiveness and grace each and every day. And finally, that third point. That we do not neglect the meeting together as the day draws near. That there will be those days where you miss church, where you may not serve in your passions, um, in your gifts like maybe God would want you to. But thank God that we have Him who comes to us, who um, meets with us in the sacrament of Holy Communion. Um, that does not stray away from us, but is constantly after us, um, meeting with us. And so, my prayer for us, this weak brothers and sisters in Christ, is to hold fast to the hope and promises God has made to you and to me. That we are redeemed children of God because of the sacrifice of Christ Jesus. And with that hope, let your lives be different react different, love different, and lastly, encourage one another, keep each other accountable, and keep each other pointed and focused towards our Savior Jesus Christ. And now the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, now and forever. Amen.